I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Curzon Podcast, where we will be discussing Todd Salon's latest pitch black comedy, Wiener Dog. I'm Sam Howlett and this week I'm joined by Helen Seymour. Hello. And making his live podcast debut, Jake Cunningham. Hello. Hi Jake. Hi yeah. Does it feel weird to be in here now? Yeah. I'm used to editing out our voices and now you're actually one of them. I know, I've become the thing that I was so <laughs> loath to create. <laughs> How very Frankenstein of you. <laughs> Um, once again, massive thanks to CSR for letting us use their shiny studio. Uh, really helps us a lot. So, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, we're discussing Wiener Dog, which is uh, four separate stories linked only by a, a Dachshund. Is that how you pronounce those dogs? Yeah, I mean... Sausage dog, Dachshund. Wiener Dog. A sausage dog. Yeah, here it's a sausage, isn't it? Yeah. It is. Yeah. And then, or Dachshund, or Daxhound. Daxhound. I've heard. Really? Yeah. So multiple names for this yeah. this creature. It's wonderful. Yeah. It is great. It's so cute. Yeah. Uh, it's a female dog as well, as far as we know. That's what they say in the yeah, beginning. They can call it her. Um, so yeah, they're all completely separate, apart from the fact they all contain this dog, which we assume is the same dog. Although actually, in the last two stories, we're not really sure because we don't see the actual transition. Um, each story is in the typical Todd Salon's way of being incredibly sad and tragic but often with a lot of comedy um jake do you want to tell us a bit more about todd salon's previous works and yeah. why you should see a todd salon's film okay so todd salon's or my favorite todd salon's film is a film called happiness um um from the late 90s i'm gonna go oh, straight into some essay now <laughs> it's a very pre 9 11 American thing in that a mid-budget film could really criticise sort of middle-class America and get away with it because you had American Beauty at that time yeah. and I think Safe as well with yes. Ju- Julianne Moore Todd Haynes yeah um, and you could get away with that at that time but I think we definitely post 9-11 you don't see less of that that uh, criticising the American ideals and if you look at happiness um, there's a lot of people that are in what we would see as mildly successful careers mm-hmm. um, and positions that we would think are stable and would provide you with happiness. Yeah? So with you, you get it. You get the it, film, guys. The film you is, get it. The film is called Happiness, 
but it questions what it means to be happy. I know, I know. It's a big idea. Yeah. But there's a lot of good stuff in there and some really troubling things. Uh, I lent it to Helen on DVD a couple of we- uh, mm, a couple years. Of years ago now. Yeah. And uh, Helen, if you'd like to tell us how that affected you. Helen was broken. <laughs> 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 Helen did not cope. <laughs> I, the naive thing that I was, thought it was a film about being happy. Which it is. Which it is, but in a terrible... It's very good. It's very, very dark. Darkly funny in ways that... um, Talking about subjects that people now are scared to talk about and Mm. scared to make film about. Rape, paedophilia, sort of controlling issues and... and Incest. Incest and... Oh, my goodness. But um, it's really good. Mm. Mm. And you've got, it's a very, it's an underseen Philip Seymour Hoffman role. Yeah. Mm. And I think in comparison to his role in Magnolia as well, in, okay. in a short space of time, he really delivers quite an incredible performance. It contains one of my favourite final lines in oh, film, yeah. which is utterly horrible. And uh, and surprising that that got through, like that whole bit. Yeah. We can't talk about it, but I'm surprised that was made before, like in the late 90s. I think this film was dropped by its distributor yeah. and then had to be picked up again by a separate one after people yes. were just like, we're not showing this to anyone. Yeah. <laughs> this can't be shown Very to people. Very brave filmmaking. Yeah. And I think that plays into uh, something like Happiness, which people see, have seen and know the reputation of, then played into the marketing of Wiener Dog. Yeah. Well, it's. A Todd Salon's film. That's a that's a brand in itself, kind of now, isn't it? That people will go out and see a Todd Salon's film. But apart from that, I think the other thing that would draw people to Wiener Dog is its cast. It has one of the best casts of the year. Mm. Uh, Suicide Squad was released last week, and that's an ensemble film, as is this. But this has the far more showier cast, I think, in terms of acting skill and quality. So you've got Greta Gerwig, Danny DeVito, Tracy Letts, Julie Delpy, Soja Mamet. Ellen um, Burstyn, really amazing actors, and it's great to see them all in the same film. Not often showing the same scenes, but mm. really terrific. And with a cast like that, you would so easily, if you were um, on the marketing side of things, you would want to put those people on your poster. Yeah. However, <laughs> however, we just have half a wiener dog. <laughs> we have the back end of a wiener dog. A wiener dog's ass. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I, I think that's great. Yeah. I think they're really lovely posters. And I, and I am, I. I'm not scared, but I am. I'm. I'm sure they they intentionally just did that to encourage people that think, "Oh, it's a lovely sausage dog." Let's yeah. go and watch the film Oh, it's about like Lassie, but in a sausage. <laughs> oh, look how it connects them. It'll be like Warhorse. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing is that this is film. Yeah, it's all the stories are connected by a dog, but it's really the film is nothing to do with dogs. The at film all. is about humans. Yeah, and it's the dogs incidental. Largely. Yeah, and I think in one story in particular. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, as usual with the show, we're going to talk about sort of uh, the end of each story and more spoilery stuff later on. But for now, just broadly, let's just go through each story very quickly, just discuss them. Um, so, they're all, I think they're all very much about loneliness. Mm-hmm. And um, there's a nice sort of track for each one where you have childhood, young adulthood, end of your career, and end of your life. Yeah. So there's a nice sort of thematic progression, a nice arc over each one. So let's kick off with the first one. And this is where we have a young boy who's just uh, recovered from cancer and his dad, played by, played by uh, Tracy Letts, buys him 
this wiener dog. Um, so what did you make of this story? Because I think this really sets the tone very well. And you were saying to me earlier, actually, the opening shot also yeah, sets so the, the tone. Yeah, the opening shot is a really long dolly shot along a row of rescue dogs uh, waiting to be collected. And then it rests on an empty cage and the eponymous wiener dog gets put in this cage and the titles come up and uh, almost unnecessarily long. It like, drags they, on. Yeah, I, thought, I thought for, the film's like an hour and 20, 28 minutes and I thought, you're wasting a lot of time with these uh, opening credits. I don't think it's I wasted. I loved it. It's not wasted. It's not, no. It's not, no, but it feels I, like that for a while. It's yeah. like, and this the is front. very long. Yeah. The front and the green. Yeah. Of the cage, it's brilliant. And also, I was sort of that person because I was like, look at the dog. <laughs> oh, I like this dog. <laughs> yeah. But then, yeah, that's you it. You, it see, you see the dog. <laughs> they got and you. you. think, this is a lovely dog. And then the camera stays there. And then the dog <clears> looks confused. And the dog looks worried. Yes. And it doesn't know what to do. And that sense of just un- being uncomfortable and just just having to watch it, that the camera doesn't move away and you're just forced to watch this thing that you don't yeah. want to, a thing that you know can be loving and can be cute, and it's just caged up. It's got this really horrible, lurid green light as well over mm. it, kind of just like something you'd find just a, a really bad quality surgery or something. It just looks yeah. really gross, really horrible. Yeah, so then we see that the, um, the dog is given to the boy, and I think this opening story is to like dispel any pre-existing conceptions you have about dogs in films because dogs are often part of family films. So like you said earlier, Lassie or Beethoven. Marley um, and me. Marley and me. Oh, yeah. They're all, dogs are very seen as nice, innocent. They like, bring families together. And this opening, um, this op- the opening story just completely blows that out of the water. Uh, there's a particular piece of uh, interaction between Julie Delpy as the mother to the boy, which is really quite disturbing that she's talking about this thing with a child. And I think um, props to Julia Delpy for actually having to do that scene with a child there. Yeah, I mean, it's really I, impressive. I don't think I don't think it's a spoiler to say that the the conversation they're having is about why you should spay a dog. Yeah, but it's the way that it's the analogy it's, yeah. she uses to that, and it's the bluntness of how she delivers it to this child. And I think that's something that runs throughout Solon's mm. films is that adults have conversations with children very honestly and I think you, that's very evident in happiness as well in arguably a much more perverse darker. and darker way but it's actually quite refreshing to see because it is you do see a lot of time even in kids films uh, it's a it's a common trait that the adults talk down to the kids and the kids just want to be understood yeah and we see that a lot and in here the child is getting brutally honest treatment and if you think he's been through cancer it's probably he probably deserves yeah. to be spoken to like an adult, and yeah. but it, it is uncomfortable to watch. And also the way the kids talk is kind of a Salonzi thing now, mm. because they have in happiness as well. They have this kind of quite innocent, uh, quite high pitched voice that's quite creepy. Mm. Like, and they'll talk quite slowly as well. Like. Mummy, why? And all the children in that court sort of have that tone of talking, and it just puts you on edge a little bit, and uh, really opens up for that blunt conversation to kind of juxtapose with that very sweet voice. Mm. It's very clever. Yeah, this is a 
really nice way to open the film, I think. And also the boy, there's lots of scenes where he's just lying very still. Yeah, and there was one. There was one shot where I was. Dead. I did. That, I thought, is, is the boy dead? Yeah, <laughs> that's where Which is go? great. Yeah. There's also. I'm not going to go into detail, but I'll say just say doggy diarrhea. Yes. Yes. Lots of shots of diarrhea in this. Yeah. Again, awkwardly long tracking shot. Yeah. Uh, like, with some lovely music lovely yeah. piano oh it's Claire de Lune it's very nice <laughs> that was really nicely done yeah, yeah. Um, Claire de Lune runs throughout the the whole um, opening sequence actually just reminded me of it's the end of Ocean's Eleven it is yeah well. when they're standing by the fountain <laughs> when you've just pulled off the heist of the century and now where previously I just thought oh Claire de Lune it's that lovely one from Ocean's Eleven now it's going to be oh it's that diarrhea tracking shot from Wiener Dog <laughs> I also love the scene in the car where um, Julia Delpy's telling the the son about how you have to break a dog's like housebroken house because what does what does it mean to like housebreak? She says you've got to break a dog's will, like break him down, break down his personality till he submits to your will. And it's like this is not going to be a good film for this dog. Mm. It's a very bad omen. It's also nice. This story is a nice way to play into that this sort of thing that children learn about um, life through pets. Mm. Like you learn about sex through pets when you have to like get them fixed and that's when often children first learn about the idea of mating and sex through things their parents tell them about uh, their pets and then also about death the whole thing that you have to put animals down they learn a lot about death through that so that was a nice way of just fitting that in as well I thought in the mm. story um, so the second story you have Greta Gerwig and Kieran Culkin yep um, and they are playing characters who have appeared in a, a Todd film before. They both appeared in Welcome to the Dollhouse, but it's different actors now. And um, Greta Gerwig's character is a she's like a vet assistant. Yeah, it seems to be. Yeah, who uh, takes the dog in, renames it Doody. Yep. As in Doody. Um, what do you think of this story? This is the most uplifting yeah. story, yeah. I think, compared yeah. to the others. I would say so. Um I think it starts very, um, very darkly, as we expect. Yeah. But it, re- yeah, it, it has the biggest upward curve out of all of them. Yeah. Um, there's a wonderful shot just at, at the very start where uh, Greta Gerwig's character is in a in a shop, just uh, a food shop, and she look she completely blends in with all the other mm. items in there. <laughs> and I think it's just emphasizing how nondescript as a person she is. Yeah. Like she just completely goes along with whatever this guy says uh, and she she does just blend into the background they like she really they really downplay her outfit they scrape yeah. her hair back like, big very old-fashioned glasses yeah. yeah it's interesting to see Greta Gerwig not playing a trendy New York millennial mm. for once um yeah this one's kind of like a, this uh, section is like a mini road movie as well um and the dog's just there yeah um Helena, what do you think about this story compared to the others? Because for me, it's I think it's my least favourite. Mm, no, I I liked it. It was the happiest one yeah. of the lot. Although there's still some pretty dark bits in there. Yeah. Um, I think we'll talk more about this in the spoiler section. Yeah, this one. It's got I a nice, wanna... not quite a twist, but a nice sort of... Uh, Revelation yeah. moment. Um, yeah, but like we said at the beginning, it's not really about the dog. It's about the dog's owners and how they interact and they kind of just all of them just sort of ignored the dog yeah the dog's very much ignored and then I love the way this uh, transitions to the next story in the most <laughs> bizarre way you have this weird intermission it's my favourite thing a film has ever done <laughs> <laughs> it's 
just a dog with some really rubbish background. It's like a really bad country music, um, country song about the wiener dog travelling across the world. And you just see this, the dog, you see the dog walking. Like the and incredible journey. Yeah, and in the yeah. background you have all these different, different places he visits. Um, completely takes you out the film, but in a wonderful way. I did really enjoy that. I and really the song laughed. comes back. When the song came on at the end of the credits, I was like, I'm quite happy to hear this song again. Yeah. <laughs> and the lyrics, it's like, she just carries on. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Look, looking for some shelter and a place to, to rest, rest her, her head. head. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like something off of a stagecoach. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I could, that could have gone on for 10 more minutes yeah. for me. So we next see uh, the wiener dog. Uh, I think it's the same dog you said at the beginning you didn't think it was. Well, I just think that after this, after between the second and third and then the third and fourth, you don't really see how the dog ends up with its next owner. I think that's what the inter- intermission is almost Solon's saying, this dog's been everywhere. Like, right. It, from this point on, I don't need to link. It's like a spirit, it's almost like yeah. a spiritual mythical dog that yeah. just appears when people need it. Yeah. During that intermission, you see it sort of going across like a polar ice cap and then yeah. through, like, um, <laughs> like through a western. Woodland, yeah. a crime scene. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> yeah. been everywhere. So I think that intermission is. Him. Don't worry about how it gets to it. Yeah. yeah. It just got there. It's either been there or it's going there. Yeah. 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 It is actually, um, just a fact for you, it's actually a different dog. (laughs) It was, yeah. Um, Todd Salons was asked, so they asked him in an interview, how was the film with the dog? And he said, oh, we used four different dogs. And they were like, oh, and how were they? And he said, I just found all of them extremely dumb. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I think intentionally as well, he's picked a wiener dog because they're really popular at the moment. They're very popular and they look, I mean, they're amazing looking dogs, but they do look ridiculous as well. And the whole thing about they're quite unhealthy animals, like because they... They're long, they're really long and have tiny legs. They have loads of health problems, don't they? Well, they've centuries of inbreeding. Yeah, Yeah. has created that. Yeah, (laughs) and it is this manifestation of humans forcibly... Right? Yeah. yeah. Pushing these animals together to create this creature. It's a weird mutant thing it's created and it's now a chic to have. Mm. Yeah, I think it's quite yeah, quite telling. Um so we next find the dog owned by Danny DeVito, gloriously schlubby Danny DeVito as a failed screenwriter teaching uh, screenwriting at University of New York. Um this was I think might be my favourite one. Ooh. Controversial. Yeah. So I think Helen and I may agree on this. Yeah, one. yeah. Go so it's ahead. your least yeah. favorite. Yeah, yeah. It's my, it in itself it works as a short film, and I and I was saying to Helen before the show started that uh, it almost feels like Todd Solondz had an idea for a short film and needed Just a vessel it in. for it. Okay. The dog doesn't. The dog or what the dog stands for. I don't know. But it doesn't. It doesn't feel necessary to this. Whereas no. in the other ones, I the feel dog like the plays dog plays a major yeah, part. The dog is okay. part of it. And also, this kind of it has its own narrative in terms of film. There's quite a lot of jokes about yeah. it because it's mm. all done at New York University, where Tom Salon teaches. He teaches. So that British, is yeah. right on the edge of what he's allowed to do. Um, so it really did feel like a short film in itself, which was really funny. Like there's some great moments where they're interviewing students. Oh, there's that's one great. that is just it's so fun. That's why oh. I think this was the funniest one. That's probably why I liked yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. It's really. I mean, but it does slightly detach. Feel yeah, detached. Yeah, I agree I with you that. If, well, because so 
his thing is that he's a man out of time. This kind of the kind of old school screenwriting he like, he did no longer exists anymore. And all these kids they talk about oh I want to write about queer theory and this and that. And he says to them the only thing you need to know when you're writing a screenplay is what if then what? And they kind of they had this uh, former uh, student who's now a popular filmmaker comes back and he says you don't need film school. And then they kind of he kind of insults uh, Danny Vita's character, which is quite a sad moment. Um, but this is the only segment in the film that actually uses what if then what I thought, because all the other the other three seemed very mundane, matter of fact. This just happens. Whereas this one, I'm not going to spoil the ending. Oh, so but what if he did that? What if a grumpy, down on his luck screenwriter did this? Yeah. This seems the the most outlandish, the most the one that sort of. But I think that's very self-aware. I think he's done that completely yeah. on purpose. I oh think, yeah. But that yeah, it, and I agree with you on those points. I just think what you are saying that makes it makes it feel not part of the other, yeah, the other four so. stories. It makes it feel like it's self-contained thing that on its own, yeah, perhaps should have been made or developed further and extended on. It just feels a mm. bit alien within these four stories. Yeah, I agree. With I think you. I just really enjoyed seeing Danny DeVito do this kind of acting again as well. Yeah, oh, Devito's very, very good. In yeah, it. he's very good. There's a great bit as well where he's. Re- I think it's after he gets made fun of and he goes yeah. home and he's lying on on his bed. Yeah. on his tummy and he's still got his shoes on. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't even and I was that. just like, oh, <laughs> I've been Take there, your man. Shoes off. <laughs> <laughs> he's just really upset and he's on his bed with his little shoes on. We've all been there. <laughs> <laughs> it was, and he's sort of talking into his phone that he's yeah. put on his pillow. Just can't even be bothered to hold his yeah. phone up. Oh, I thought that was a really nice. Touch. I will say the dog has the strangest role in this story as well compared to the others. I mean, I really laughed at yeah the, uh, at the role the dog ultimately plays. So yeah, great. there's also just great dialogue, like when the students see him getting into the lift and like, oh, he's so old. I, I bet he has Woody Allen or Kirby Enthusiasm or Seinfeld bucks yeah. or something. Ugh. Yep. Yeah, I think this yeah, this Todd Salon's really having a go at millennials here. Yeah, um, and then we get to the fourth story, which is horrendously depressing. Um, so but it does contain my favourite character out of fantasy. <laughs> yeah, fantasy's an amazing character. Yeah, so this is uh, Ellen Bur- Burstyn is a sort of aging woman. She's uh, dying, and uh, her granddaughter, played by Zosia Mehmet, and her boyfriend, Fantasy, who is. I don't know how to describe fantasies. A he's in a cellophane m- waistcoat. <laughs> modern artist who uh, hates Damien Hirst. Yeah, <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> he uh, can we say what he does in his art? Or is that a little bit of spoiler? Yeah, um, I think so. Well, he says what he does. Yeah, he's so he kind of um, taxidermist, taxidermy, but then with re- a robotic, robotic twist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This uh, is again Todd Salon's having a go at millennials. Saying how how ridiculous your generation is that this okay. yeah, this, this thing is happens. what you call art yeah. yeah. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment. You can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. But then like bringing in Zosha Mamet from Girls, yeah. which is like the ultimate millennial show. Totally. And bringing in an earlier, bringing in Greta, Greta Gerwig from Francis Ha, I think, is another conscious almost stunt casting in a way mm. so this is what you're used to seeing her in but here she is in this i think it's very well done the dog is renamed in this little bit as well <laughs> cancer <laughs> yep um so yeah ellen burston renames the dog cancer yeah because it seemed right <laughs> <laughs> and uh we we spoke earlier about uh young high-pitched slow-paced voices of children oh yeah and this is terrifying. This takes it to the max. Mm. <laughs> There's like these phantom children that represent each aspect of Ellen, Ellen Burstyn's personality just appear. They're all played by the same girl, and it's pretty terrifying. Yeah, um, she's got these this really amazing long red hair that uh, feels like Stacey Martin. Stacey Martin, yeah. So yeah. Stacey Martin in Tale of Tales, if you saw that, she had this bed of... Long, blood, not ginger, red. Yeah. Blood red hair, yeah. Yeah, and... Um, the young Ellen Burstyn's, which they're at least 10, 12, yeah. Yeah. dotted around, hello. All, all saying, hello. hello, I am you if you did this. Mm. I am you if you went to the and shops they have one these day. Creepy little actions. Yeah. Like uh, the ghosts of the past, the present, and the future. Yes. In, uh, I keep wanting to say the Muppets is not in the Muppets. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? So before we talk, go into spoiler territory, uh, we've been pretty positive about the film. I think it's a really well-made film, really well put together. I often have a problem with these anthology films a bit because I just think you always ultimately prefer one story to the other and it, some of them just seem a bit out of place. But here I think they fit really well. It's yeah. nice that they don't interweave and jump back and forth. It's nice that there is this, 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 then this. Nice structure, nice like chapters. Um... It's not for not for dog lovers. It's not a film about a dog or about animals. Um, yeah, absolutely see the film. It's really funny, really dark, but it is genuinely a really funny film. Uh, amazing ensemble cast. You're not going to see a film like this this year, I think, and it's always a treat when a Todd Salon film is released. Oh, definitely. So go and see it. Um, see it and then come back, because we're going to talk now about the spoilery stuff. Uh, we're going to go into more detail, I think, about what we were talking about, about the treatment of the dog. Why do you think he chose a dog? I think, I think a dog is one of the few taboos in modern cinema. Uh, the bad, you can get away with any number of things. Quentin Tarantino can kill people in a million different ways, but if Quentin Tarantino does something to a dog, yeah. it's ultimately much, much worse. Yeah. And we like, there are websites set up to warn people about the treatment of animals in films and I think you can you can treat other people far worse than you can treat a dog yeah and I think Todd Solomon is definitely playing on that well this film was booed at Sundance mm. because of that ending come on yeah really people are people were really angry about this film mm. uh, which I mean I, I mean it's a harsh ending I love dogs but I mean thank I think I don't really get getting angry about it because it's well, not real yeah it's not real I was just about to say that didn't really happen 
Uh, yeah, I think we've seen a million different things. Like you said, we've seen a million different things happen to humans and yeah. children in films. So you think <laughs> the point of the dog is to um, is of conscious exploitation of that fear of mistreating animals and punishing the sensitive? Also, in an interview, he was talking about um, how like people portray innocence onto their dog mm. and the idea that they're being very good to their dog because they're getting their dog spayed and uh like it kind of he kind of in the film does a comparison with well would you want to be spayed in mm. a later story mm. and the differences to do with that um which again is very dark but i thought was done very well yeah, yeah. and i think there are a lot of animal rights people that have been very against this film and I think, however, if you watch the film and you view that dog as a human character and the way that people treat it, yeah, I think it's actually a film that is very pro. Oh, totally. I agree. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's about how horrible humans are. Yeah. 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 You, you put, like, it could almost be a baby. Yes. It's, yeah. It's an innocent life that's been brought into these people's lives, whether or not they ask for it. Um, like even in in the first story, the mother doesn't want it, yeah, and the father does, and this is brought in, and they kind of just have to deal with it, and you see the treatment of that, and you as soon as you start viewing that dog as a person yeah. instead of uh, an animal, then this film is just a, a lesson in abuse. Yeah, yeah, I agree. The end of the first film, it's going, to be, it's going to be put down because it has explosive diarrhea after eating a granola bar. Mm. Um, but then Greta Gerwig saves the dog and nurses it back to health. And I think your comparison about it being like a baby is most apparent then because she's, she's cradling it and she's feeding it from a bottle. Um, which there's something slightly disturbing about that oh, image. Yeah. Mm. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty freaked out by animals in human clothing. So that that scene didn't help. That I was like a bit like, oh, I want this to stop very quickly. Oh, so if if a, if a lady's put a little Parker on a Chihuahua, yeah, I don't like that. Or run, like, run away, run away, or even like the painting of the dogs playing poker. Okay. Even that's just a bit like that's just wrong. I don't like it. I'm out. But I like, but Zootropolis is fine. Oh right, okay. <laughs> um, Secret Life of Pets, no. Yeah, no, 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 no. no. Um, what did you think when she, when she stole it? Um. I thought that this I found it quite nice because I because you know often dogs are if a dog has has diarrhea that's usually that's the end of it it has to be put down it was quite a nice it was a nice transition to the next story I thought yeah. very nicely done I thought it was and it, too. yeah and it does make a point that a lot of animals do get put down when arguably unnecessarily they don't need to and it is just sadly a cheaper option yes well I, I definitely felt like Tracy Letts and Julie Delpy's characters didn't never wanted this dog really in the first place and they're pretty horrible to the dog and pretty negative about it and I think that they wanted to do that from the start mm. um, but it was also a nice way to tell you something about Greta Gerwig's character without any dialogue only thing else all she does is save a dog who's about to be put down and instantly you know what kind of character she is mm. yep yeah, but you would think that you think oh wow here's this this heroine that's coming in and saving this dog and, oh, yeah. and then within a minute you feel like wow that's the only adventurous thing she's, that she's ever, ever done. done yeah so again, you've got someone who's caring, but also for her, this is a big deal that she's slightly stuck in her way. Um, you know, she the way she dresses, the way her apartment looks is very drab, very dull. 
Mm. Um, so yeah, you're right. This is a great way to show that yeah. she's cat. This is her one adventurous thing, and this is quite a thrill for her. And, and it, then she meets up with her former flame or something mm. like that. And it does show the this and maybe the fir- a couple of elements in the first film with the the child the benefits that a dog can yes. have mm. on people as well of getting them to step outside of themselves and a bit of escapism and how having this this thing that depends on you can help yourself and kind of oh you might not do it for you but you'll do it for the dog mm. and then you end up doing it for you anyway yeah yeah, yeah. Um, I was going to ask you what did you make of the um, so the second story is relatively straightforward mm-hmm. the um Brendan goes to uh, seek, find his, on a road trip to find his brother, has Down syndrome. Him and his wife both have Down syndrome. He tells him that their fathers died due to alcoholism. Um, which you, you were saying earlier, you quite liked the way that that was revealed. Yeah, because um, after the after the first one, we kind you're kind of putting not you're settled into this idea that there's not necessarily going to be a heavy amount of plot, mm-hmm. and it's more just uh, observ- an observational film. And I felt quite comfortable in this this Greta Gerwig, uh, Kieran Culkin story. I thought it was interesting. And I thought it was very nice to look at, actually. It was it was very well shot, the whole film was. But this one in particular, I mentioned earlier that uh, yeah. the shot of um, within the little supermarket. And then I, it just completely caught me off guard because I was so comfortable in the story and I didn't feel like it needed anything to explain it. And... sometimes when a film goes out of its way to explain why something is happening it feels like oh I didn't really need that but in this sense it it really it made sense of it and it actually made it better for it as well I really agree with that point and um, also the idea of uh, talking bluntly to people so obviously someone uh, with a learning disability or with Down syndrome is going to be (coughs) patronised a lot in their life and then his brother just doesn't patronise him at all and talks to him As very a, on yeah. the same level. Mm. And I thought that was great. And um, I think this is uh, a, a, in a lot of representations of disability or um, people with an illness or someone with Down syndrome in a film. It can either go one way or the other. Yeah. That they can do... The, the point they're making is that, oh, they these people need a lot of help mm-hmm. or they don't need any help. Yeah. They can do things by themselves. <laughs> yeah. Um, and this film, I think it does draw awareness, uh, particularly when Greta Goa's character is out taking a walk with the, uh, the yeah. wife. Yes. And she does get uncomfortable and she does want to go home. And she, But the point is that she tried to go out, she tried to do this thing, but she can't do that. And that's fine. Yeah, totally. And you don't, like, a lot of the time it can just be, well, this person without a disability came in and made everything better. Totally, yeah. yeah. And also, um, so the husband is playing violent video games, which is great because it's a whole thing of like disabled people are angelic and really good. And, mm. and like, it's great to have that in there that he's really enjoying smashing yeah. uh, a woman's head in. <laughs> on the- There's also this, the way this ends. So it's got a very happy ending where they're holding hands in the car, Greta Gerwig and Brendan. But um, there's just a, there's a little line of dialogue before that which just took me back quite a bit, which is when Greta Goeg asked, what happens if your brother and his wife have kids? And he says, oh, dad took care of that. Like, Yeah, he effectively he, neutered. He neutered yeah, them. Yeah, which is a, uh, a throwback, throwback to the throwback first to the, one. But I was just like, thing. whoa, this suddenly was like, oh, okay, that's that's a weird and that's a weird comparison with the first one about how they treated a dog and how his father's treated his son. I yeah, like, and oh. I think that 
plays into what we were talking about earlier about seeing the animal as a human being. Yeah. And yeah. Now we suddenly think, oh, that's uh, that's really bad for uh, a human. Yeah. That, that, been, that they have had that done, they've had yeah. that done to them without their own consent. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, it's a tough thing. Yeah. And but something that I'd like to mention from that one that I really enjoyed was there was a a nice bait and switch with the uh, mariachi band that they pull up and yeah. see the mariachi band and then tonally you think oh cool they're going to pick up the mariachi band and now we're going to get a lovely sequence of the mariachi band in the back of the van and the dog with his head out the window yeah. and everyone having a nice sing song and all the mariachi band do is get in the car and then talk about how uh, how homesick they are <laughs> and how, how bad it is in America <laughs> I thought that was really really funny oh yeah that's quite horrible <laughs> I forgot about the mariachi band yeah um, okay, so on to the third story now. So we have the inter- intermission. We have no idea how the dog ends up with Danny DeVito. But this story ends with the dog in a dress, which you know I found quite horrible. It's yellow. A it's bright, bright yellow, yellow dress with a, with a bomb. Yes. Although I don't think it is a oh, bomb. Oh, no, it's definitely no. not a bomb. No. It's, it's just because he's so bored and so depressed that he just wants something. What that would- if? It's exactly that's the what if. What if a screenwriter was so depressed he strapped a, bo- a, a bomb to his dog in the university he teaches at? But the, just the shot of this sausage dog in yeah. a yellow tutu walking after him with a bomb. <laughs> yeah, but you you say this is the only film that um, exercises the what if, what next. We don't mm. have the what next. No, well, no, we don't. You, it gives you, it gives we have you the, the what, what if, if, but so then does this, is it actually? It's taking the mick out of out of his own idea. Yes, yeah. it, give, it there gives. There is you no the, then what? Yeah, yeah. And he, isn't his last line, "What if I am?" Yeah, which is great. Do we know the bomb doesn't go off? No. That's another. That's another thing that, that I thought. Why they dark. are separate dogs? Mm. Because maybe this dog does explode. <laughs> Yeah, and then it's a completely different dog. Cancer is a different dog in the final segment. Ah, oh, okay. Yeah, and they all um, like in the first sec and the first film, he's just called Wiener Dog. Yeah, or she's just called Wiener Dog. Like, it doesn't have a name. Yeah, and I think that that runs out. It doesn't matter. Yeah, how these dogs no, are linked. No, but yeah, but I just thought that it's it's interesting that we don't have a. There's for me, there wasn't confirmation that the bomb didn't go off. That's a good point. I just okay. kind of thought it wasn't I, a real yeah, bomb. I, I mean, I'm sure it's. I mean, it probably is, but I mean, part of me did think it but could I, be a real bomb. That is there. Totally, and for him as a director, kind of to have that, I would almost expect, like, on the yeah. edge of the shot, just an ambulance siren, just, yeah. you know? Yeah. That could, that could have been nice. Yeah. And I think as a... Um, as a teacher at that university, you would take a lot of pleasure in blowing it up. I yeah. think so. Especially, it's just after the scene where these students are talking about how old school he is yeah. and how he probably has Woody Allen collections at home. Yeah. And then for them to be blown up by a sausage dog, I think would be quite amusing to him. Yeah. Also, one of my favorite, my actually my favorite moment in this uh, segment was when he, when he's on the phone and he says to his new agent, "I love you." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was just so the most pathetic thing I think I've ever seen. That's when he's on the bed with yeah, his shoes, with his shoes on. on. He's like. I love you. It's like, oh my god, this yeah. man has hit rock bottom. I a woman he's never met before. I know. And has known, this is yeah. this is prime Solon's territory. Yeah, talking yeah. on being on the other end of the phone to a horrible conversation. Yeah, yeah. I think this is what he's good at. He's good at just dialogue that makes you feel uncomfortable for the people involved, mm. for the actors, 
and for yourself. <laughs> this is the kind of, he's the kind of filmmaker that makes you finish a film and think, oh, I need a shower. <laughs> it took me a month to process happiness. I just couldn't. <laughs> Kept getting flashbacks. It was horrible. So then we get to after that. So we assume he's arrested. Yeah. 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 Um, maybe maybe the dog's put into care and then adopted by Ellen Bernstein. Who knows? Because uh, then we the dog's um, in the care of Ellen Burst, Burstin. Bernstein or Burstin? Burstin. No. Burstin. Ellen Burstin. And yeah, we've got Fantasy and Zoe rock up and ask for money. And the dog here really <clears throat> plays no part. I found in this last story, apart from the ending. I don't. I don't know. I even though. I just, I just felt the dog's presence a lot more in okay. it because mm. it is this this because it's called cu- cancer. Not because it's called cancer. Um, I just think because it's a a nice little youthful ball of mm. energy, energy and joy that she doesn't it's, have. It does just it just sits around. But it's, yeah. it's a nice thing to look at because it is a pop. It's a popular breed of dog amongst young people at the moment, mm. and so to then suddenly have it just sitting next to this old woman with these big blind dark glasses who's dying and named it cancer you suddenly feel that that dog is very out of place and i was i was very aware aware of that that dog that's a really good point and also her granddaughter says like oh i think it's really good that you got a dog that's true and kind of makes a little comment about it so should we get to the ending (laughs) where the dog runs from the road and is not only run over but smeared across the road by several different cars and it stays on this shot it's fr- from a distance away but, but you see the blood there's blood and guts everywhere and this this shot lasts for years I kept thinking it was going to end I was like, please end now and then another car would come and smear it even further over the road um, yeah really horrible moment great selection of cars as well yeah. just for the comedy like lots of big lorries and then just and ages nice, nice and then quite a small between each car. one yeah and no cars going down the other side of the road yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just like I think it's just saying like we see every human as this dog yeah ultimately there is just one road of cars that will come and get you yeah and won't yeah. stop yeah. ever yeah that's yeah. it it's not going to stop it doesn't stop if um, there was any hope after the first <laughs> run. Uh, yeah, a lorry would come by yeah. and just paint, with like a paintbrush across oh. a canvas, just smear even further. Uh, were you shocked that this happened? I was kind of expecting it, but to see it in that way, yeah. I mean, I laughed because it was so shocking. <laughs> yeah. I assumed the dog would die, but not in this way. So I was prepping a film quiz uh, before I watched it. And I was doing a round where where the answer was one of the actors, one of the eight different actors okay. from the film. And uh, I was on IMDb trivia trying to get some notes on it and saw what the last scene was because of finding out about the audience reaction from Sundance. Oh. And so I knew about the ending before I started the Did film. Did you know about the art installation as well? No. Okay. No. So that's kind of a weird little epilogue. Yeah. Where the um, the dog becomes one of fantasy's shows and, and it barks. I think yeah, it turns its head round. It's now it's now you, it's 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 doomed to live the rest of its life in yeah. quotes life as just a prop, which I think is a, a ho- comment about death. Yeah, and it's now it's it's a prop and it's hollow, and it's being forced by someone else to do the same thing over and over again. Mm. And there's no pride in it. No, I think in a lot of taxidermy. 
like people like, as you were saying about reconstructing dogs to look like they're playing poker yeah like there's no pride in that there's no pride in the animal that was there no like, like when going back to this comparison between humans and the animal when we die we don't get <laughs> I, I don't like, maybe it would look great if you stuff me and put me in an art gallery. And they you do go, at Trum, UCL, <laughs> don't yeah. they? They've got that man yeah. all stuffed. Yeah. <laughs> but it's not common practice no. compared to no. how we. <laughs> no, it's not. Like how often that happens with animals. Yeah. Uh, the treatment of animals being what a last taboo in cinema. Killing a dog. Yeah. Yeah. Like, does the dog die? Dot com exists. Well, I wow. think that in. <laughs> Most films with animals, they often die, but in a less aggressive way than this. Not even aggressive, in a less... This is just so... It doesn't care about the dog. Like, most films, they have a very, like... I'm going to spoil Marley and me here, guys. When the dog is killed, it's overly... It's really emotional, and it's a big deal, and the, everyone everyone talks about Marley and me as one of the great tearjerkers. Here, it's just... It happened, it's dead. Yeah. And... It's a really horrible death, but there's no there's no music, there's no one crying over the dog. It's just dead. Yeah. I suppose it's and it's had four different owners. No one's really cares for it because it's you know it's lost all its owners as well, and it's just got nothing left to do but die. It's almost like it kills itself. Yeah, that's what I was thinking because it does just walk off. But it's it's almost like. Um, I'm going for a walk. I might be so <laughs> tired. Do you think it's after that he just could, she just couldn't deal with the, I think so. 12, the twelve creepy Hello. children? Hello. Yeah. No, I'm done. <laughs> so it's like uh, Richard Parker. He just went so unceremonious. Yeah, he'd never turn back. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think we're going. <laughs> okay, uh, we're going to wrap up there. So uh, we'll be back next week but in the meantime uh, do check out uh, a selection of films on Curzon Home Cinema uh, there's a, quite a few films that we've dis- discussed on the show over the last few months that are available on there so do check that out uh, thank you very much for listening um, sorry it's been a bit of a depressing episode talking a lot about death and mistreating animals but it's life so it's goodbye from Helen goodbye goodbye from Jake for Good- the first your first ever live goodbye don't, well done don't, Jake don't well done it. mate go on <laughs> oh no uh, <laughs> and it's goodbye from me and we'll see you next week planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.